Big Ten Backers Podcast. This is your podcast for Big Ten football or anything college football related. From Jim Harbaugh's shirtless escapades to Brett Billima's hog-sized waistline with Ryan Day's beard dye and anything else in between. Big Ten Backers has the headlines from around the college football landscape. Grab a beer. We'll put college football in your ear. Let's rock and roll. I got mine. Welcome in Big Ten Backers. We got the Big Ten Backers podcast here. We got Jamie. We got Beeb. They're going to talk about these playoff games. Go ahead and get at it, boys. Let's go. Hey, man, we got to start off with the elephant in the room, right? Literally, the elephant is in the room. We got Bama in the playoffs and Florida State is left behind. The undefeated ACC champion. What do you think, Jamie? What do you think about that? Man, that had to be a tough decision, and that was the chaos I was looking for in in these championship games. Was that that was the scenario everybody saw? Florida State wins, Alabama wins. They knew they were going to have to make a decision. <sighs> I think is competitively they made the right decision. Uh, what they've done in the past that is not what they've done in the past. They've given the team that went undefeated. They let them get there, so they definitely went a different direction. I support it. I wanted to see some chaos with the SEC going nuts, like all those fans, all that stuff, getting them getting left out. But, uh, you know, I, I support it on a competitive nature for sure. Yeah, it was the right call. And the reason why I haven't seen it in the past is because there haven't been this many qualified teams. All right. We haven't had this many undefeated teams. We haven't had this many one loss champions. So there was always an easy out this time. The injury was what caused it. I mean, if Travis was still in the game, Florida State would be there, right? Oh, absolutely. And I and I think they're there if Travis is is healthy. I mean, you saw their defense. Their defense matches up with anybody in that top four. Uh, you, you put a star quarterback on that team, and, uh, and they're going to compete with the other three teams out there. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Man. Like they're a defensive driven team. They're not a quarterback driven team. Obviously, all the respect to Travis, great quarterback. Obviously, he can play ball. Obviously, they're hurting without him. But that's still a defensive-driven team. They've held every opponent to under three points this season. Like, come on, man. That Florida State defense yeah, is Yeah, their, D, their D alone could win the Big Ten West. <laughs> <laughs> that's a better Iowa for damn sure. Yeah. yeah. And then wide receivers, well, man. They got, some, they got some players out there yeah. on the perimeter yeah, as well. That's the problem, though. you got to have a quarterback to get it to those wide receivers – and right now they don't have it, so that's what, what was bringing them behind. I mean, the the cha- the committee gave them an option, gave themselves an option. You know, when someone's hurt, a major player from a team, they could take that out. And the difference was, you know, people bring up Ohio State 2014. They had a slinger back there. All of a sudden, they're putting up 59 to nothing. I mean, that's obvious. If you're beating a championship game team in Wisconsin at that time, who was rated highly, 59 to nothing, Florida State didn't go out and do that. I mean, they barely won. They hung on by their defense. Their quarterback didn't show much. Again, it was third-string quarterback. They would have had their second-string back. It's facts. And I but think, it's tough. I think they made the right call. I think the committee made the right call with the tools they had. It, it sucks. I feel sorry for Florida the State. The right call would have been to scrap it and say, hey, we're doing it now. At least 18. We're doing 18. We're doing and a 12 you, now. This would have been the year for yeah, it, man. This at was least. the year for that. Like, And next year, watch. The there's going to be – there's going to be. There's going to be four teams next year that are clear-cut qualified, and the rest of them are going to be garbage. Just wait. Just That's just the way it works, man. The law of entropy. Uh, that's absolutely true. Let's get into this first game, man. So this first playoff All game right. is going to hit on January 1st. 
you got Michigan versus Alabama. It should be Alabama versus Michigan. I'm the graphics guy. I messed that up. You know, you know <laughs> don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. I'm allergic to bullets. But anyways, man, what are y'all looking forward into this game? We're not going to break down this game. We'll obviously get into the details later, but how are y'all feeling about this game? Michigan got screwed, to be honest with you. Is that who you want as the number one seed to take on the rising tide? The rising tide of Bama, man. That is the that is the one team no one wants to play. And I don't think they match up well with them. I think they would have matched up a lot better with Washington or Texas, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah no I, I is a dynamic that. Michigan's not ready to see. Go ahead, Jamie. My bad. Yeah, no, I, I follow that same sentiment there. I, I think these are the two best teams in the playoff right now. And the teams that nobody really wanted to face. You're the number one seed. You're not thinking you're going to get a team like Alabama, but that's exactly who they got. It's going to be, to me, this is the championship game right here is these two playing each other. I think whoever goes on wins this one has a good shot at winning it all. I think all four of these teams actually have a decent shot. Like Washington, man, they always kind of play up to competition. You see them kind of slag off when they're playing like Arizona State and and Washington State, and I know that's a rivalry game. It's a little bit different, but I think all these teams, man, like this is a year to make the playoffs. I know that's what hurts for you, Jamie, and you, Beeb, because like the Buckeyes and the Ducks get in, like they're good enough to win it. I'm not saying that they're better than these teams, but on any given Saturday, they're good enough. Hey, and now that McCord's gone, I would actually want to see the Buckeyes in it, man. No, you don't. You don't want to see another uh, another loss at the hands of Michigan, do you? Come on now. I don't know, man. Brown, he might be able to do it. Oh, you're down with the Brown, huh? I'm down with the Brown. I've always been down with the Brown. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you can't deny that. Nope, no denying it there. All right, well, let's talk about this next game. Obviously, man, you got Texas versus Washington. You got your Big 12 champs versus your Pac-12 champs, the last Pac-12 champ maybe for the foreseeable future, but they're still going to be a Pac-12. Not really sure. But, man, Jamie, lead us off, man. What do you think about this game? Hey, I think this is a good draw right here. UW Texas. I think there's some pretty equally matched teams. They've both shown stints of of being amazing and they've both shown kind of some stints of, of not being quite to the the par of the other two teams here. But what I saw to UW uh personally, Michael Penix is healthy. He's ready to play and I I wouldn't count them out, but uh let's let's see what Texas brings. Yeah. You be- Texas is going to bring it. Texas is going to bring the big longhorn, man. And they're back. Texas is back, man. Yeah, you can actually say it now and actually mean something. I mean, they made the playoffs. They're back. Yeah, I mean. They beat Bama. Ewers is getting healthy. They obviously dealt with some serious injuries as far as Texas goes. They survived those injuries, so I'll give them some credit on that. That defense is wicked. Um, I think the only problem is is they're really good against the run, and Washington can – they don't have to depend on the run. Now, they can, but they don't have to, which I think makes a little bit of a scary matchup for Texas there. Man, I'm ready for this one. This is this is about as good as it gets college football playoffs. Texas and Washington, classic matchup, man. Beautiful. Big on big. Yeah. Only equated this is gonna be a hell of a game. Yeah, I'll I'll say this about UW. If it is close, I'm giving UW the upper hand. They have played close games all season long and know how to win in those moments. I think Texas is gonna be the favorite and the team that I would most likely pick, but if it's close, give it to UW because they know how to win in those moments. Oh yeah, they're the, the Phoenix and the Dunze. The Dunze, the Phoenix, they'll find a way, man. At the end of the game, and Dylan's coming on strong, man. Oh man, and the board, man. That guy can coach, and yeah, he's got some. He's got some testies, man. That freaking fourth yes. down call against the Cougs. 
Man, I think I'll remember that play forever. That was I was like, oh my god, what's he doing? What's he oh, doing? Oh yeah. my god, he got it. He got it. Like that play was, ooh, man, that was ballsy. It was. And, Jamie, and man, the pads were popping, Jamie. This year, right? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Oh, you've seen the Huskies a few times this year, right? I've seen them four times uh, in person. Yeah, they're a team that I've, I've actually seen the most in person this year. So I up and down all season long. What I saw out of them against Oregon, like that is a team that's ready for the playoffs. I, before this week, I would not have said that. They've been pretty down, and and I think they're finally back to where they were at the beginning of the season. Yeah, they're they're a good team. Offense, defense. They got a they couple. Got a couple guys back on defense from injury. They were injured like all year, right? And uh, the mm-hmm. pads were popping on defense. They were. Man, they, I was that. That was what impressed me the most. Yeah. Well, it seems like whenever they play the Ducks, that defense comes alive, man. Like they'll be sure. stacking it throughout the year, but the Ducks come to town, they're like, hey, hold on a damn minute. <laughs> it's time yeah. to play. Strap it up. Ivory. It's it gets nuts. That's like, I, I don't think I've ever had much appreciation for that rivalry until this year. And then I learned to kind of like, wow, okay, these guys are yeah, these guys are serious, man. Like we gotta see Can't... we gotta see Washington and Penix when they play Michigan State. And I'm telling you, Michigan State. I know they're a bad team this year, but they couldn't even get a blitz near him before he decided nope. this ball's going somewhere. Like he know, like he can read a defense. And he was, he was on his third progression at that time too. Yeah, like it was like bam, yep. bam, bam, like check down, check down, check down. Like amazing, amazing. He's definitely going to give anybody fits, whoever they, it, whether they advance past Texas or not, and whoever they might play if they do, he, he's going to give them fits. It's going to be fun to watch. Opinion. But you know what? We talked about Penix. Let's talk about some of these Heisman Trophy finalists. Let's get into that next. You got some you got some damn good finalists here. I think one doesn't belong. But man, let's talk about these guys. Go ahead, Beef. The one who doesn't belong, man. I just can't see Marvin Harrison Jr. being on this list. He didn't have the stats to back up. I know he's the best receiver. He should be the Blitnikoff Award winner. I, but he just doesn't belong on the list. Not this year. He doesn't have the outstanding stats. He doesn't have the team that won it. He is a great, great receiver, and he's going to be a first-round pro. He's going to be a top-five pick. Possibly coming back this year, but I would assume that he chooses to go. Marv, he had uh, 1,211 yards. He only had 67 receptions, so that's the lowest of those top-tier guys. Um, But he had the highest yards per catch. And he had 14 touchdowns, which that's the highest, tied for the highest, at least, among the top receivers in the nation. Yeah, for me here with Marvin Harrison, he's kind of like the Caleb Williams of wide receivers. He's got the name recognition. He's the overall best at that position. And I think he's solely there because of that name recognition. He had a good season, Mm -hmm. great season, not the best season. And so, like you're saying, it kind of surprises me he's there. But that name recognition and the overall talent, I believe he is the best wide receiver. Just didn't put up the stats. I would put him in the Heisman conversation. No, I agree. Yeah, you have that. to do I more like start returning talent. kicks. He's there on talent and name. Obviously, he's mm-hmm. the probably the most talented wide receiver. Uh, you know, college football has maybe seen in a little while. I don't know, but the season stats aren't there. I mean, you can talk about neighbors. You can talk about Duze. There's some. There's some ballers out there. I'm, I'm kind of surprised he got the invitation. I'm still. Glad he's there for the Big Ten. I'm, I'm glad, happy for him, obviously, and then I know Beef's happy for them Buckeyes for sure. But let's yeah. let's talk about those Pac-12 quarterbacks, Jamie. Give me some love on them guys. Hey, 
I'll hit you up with both of them here. You know, we got Michael Penix Jr. We've been talking about him already. We know he's a great quarterback. He was the Heisman favorite throughout about halfway through the season. He was the guy. He was a leg above everybody else. He won that Oregon game and just put him way up here. And then he had some pedestrian-like games, quite a few of them actually, that kind of just took him out of the conversation, which is surprising for an undefeated Power 5 quarterback. team you know a quarterback of one of those teams and he put up good stats looking at him he's got 4,218 yards 33 touchdowns nine interceptions and added three touchdowns on the ground he he put up good stats if this was a award for the last two years of college football he'd be my Heisman winner he had the stats last year he puts up a great season this year I think he deserves to be in the conversation by by being an undefeated quarterback with amazing stats but i think those games in like the the second half of the season really kind of took him out of that conversation of being the heisman winner and not and i think he's there to be able to be a finalist absolutely in the arguments there but also you got my guy bo Nix coming out of oregon he was the guy going into the pac-12 championship i i preached it all season long like his consistency 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 and he put himself there as the favorite up until the pac-12 championship and he had an average pedestrian like i used for michael Penix jr he had a pedestrian style game in the pac-12 championship one of the biggest moments and to me you can argue is it the most prolific player the guy with the most stats is it this and that or is it the guy who shows up in those moments and gets the job done? Bo Nix is his two toughest games. He showed up in one of them, still lost. He didn't show up in the other one and lost. And I think that that's where you take him a peg down below who I believe you're about to talk about, Adam. Yeah, I mean, Jaden Daniels, like, I mean, the dude, 3,800 yards, over 3,800 yards, 40 touchdowns, and that's just through the air. This dude is absolutely dangerous i mean he's he's not just a quarterback he's fast in a phone booth dude can cut on a dime absolutely amazing career he's had over twelve thousand passing yards three thousand rushing yards like come on man like if if that ain't heisman you can kiss my ass like this dude is absolutely amazing i mean he's got 8.5 8.4 yards per carry 1100 yards just this year on 135 carries i mean 72.2 percent passing percentage like this boy is cooking, and it's a damn shame that LSU couldn't put a defense on the field for him. Uh, I mean, he's the Heisman winner in my eyes. I don't know if you guys got anything to add, but 10 tutties on the ground. Talk about 50 tutties all together just this season. Like, man, this boy can freaking play. This is, this is what it boils down to. Name that Heisman moment for each of those. Who's their Heisman moment? Where did they do it? Where did they win it? Yeah, and then I think Jaden D- Daniels does lack that kind of Heisman moment, and, and that's the bad thing. Like he's he had three TDs and two interceptions in some of his top twenty-five matchups. Uh, he didn't have a lot of great wins under his belt, but I like I said, I think that falls more on the defense. Like when it came to the old Miss game, like he did everything he could to mm-hmm. get the job done, uh, but he didn't play well against Bama. He didn't play well against Florida State early in the season. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he has that exact Heisman moment, but the dude's a he's a highlight in general like. yeah but you got to do it you got to do it against the biggest teams you play to, in order to win the heisman and bo Nix had that had his team won that 64 yard touchdown at the end of the game fourth quarter it was fourth quarter right mm-hmm. um, yeah man that 
that would have been it for Bo Nix, right? But they lost the game, so that take a took a little bit off of the highlight reel, right? Uh, so I think I think Phoenix is the one that he gets it. He's got those game winning moments, and uh, the voters are going to vote for that. And he's got the stats to back it up. So we got to look at the whole picture. And I think that if you get down to the Heisman voters, the people that are doing it, they see those highlight reels, they see those one uh, games and the big moments that he's won the games, and it goes to the Phoenix. It, and I can see that. The big argument. Phoenix. Yeah, and I, I see that argument. I see he won in the big moments, and that's kind of how you you pick there. And that's why Bo knocked himself out of the running because he didn't have those big moments. He had the stats. He didn't have the moments. Jalen Daniels, most prolific player in all of college football. He's the guy that stuffs the stat sheets. He mm-hmm. it, Voting started a week ago before – before this conference uh, championship games. And so all those votes were either going to Bo or they were going Jalen Daniels. Most of them were going Jalen Daniels, whoever voted early. But so I just don't, I don't think Michael gets it. I think that he's my number two because of his two wins over Bo Nix and and Bo Nix would now be my three. He dropped in one game from number one for me to number three. Just like that. How he played down the stretch and he didn't play well down the stretch at times. And I think that's where Jaden separated from him. Like if that he didn't me- have those those bad games kind of down the stretch, I think it's it might be an argument for Michael, but not for me, just because of that that play down the stretch. But let's get me to another question. Here. We got a we got a comment from a here. It let's says, do it. Why did Michigan look so down when they found out they were playing Bama? We're gonna get into. That oh man, that question speaks for itself, man. <laughs> Who wouldn't hey, look down when they're playing Bama? Helmet? You see that goat, and you know they're <laughs> on the opposite side of the field from you. I don't care who you are. You get a little nervous. Hey, if they were playing Florida State, it would have been a win. That's why. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's get in here. Get some more comments for us. We're going to pay some bills. We're going to get into a commercial break here. And then we'll come back and we're going to talk about those games, those championship games that got these people into the playoffs. Uh, we'll see you on the other side of this commercial. It's a damn good commercial. seasoning food's favorite flavor yum yum get you some i'm joe burrito your favorite burrito whoa, whoa. joe hey. we all know you're the best what? you can always do better try the new dano's hot chipotle oh hey. that's spicy yum 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 get you some all right welcome back y'all better get some yum yum get you some dano seasonings they spice it up real real nice let's talk about these big ass dump truck games we had over the weekend, we're going to start off with Michigan and Iowa, even though it wasn't a great game. Not a whole lot to say here. But, man, no surprises. Michigan wins this. Goose eggs Iowa 26 to nothing. If Iowa could only put together some sort of offense. Their defense actually did a damn good job. They dealt with three turnovers and still kind of stayed somewhat in this game uh, until about halftime. But go ahead. What y'all got in this game? Man, all year. The influence has always been on that Iowa offense. Not scoring enough points. Brian Ferentz leaving town. But, man, we got to give that defense credit. They, I would say that that's the best defense in the nation, pound for pound. Because they're, they, they strike out with their offense. They're always put in bad situations. They always respond. I mean, it's just hard. The only two touchdowns that Michigan had started inside their own 10. One at the 6, one at the 5. I mean, they had two possessions like that. 
the 87-yard punt return started at the five-yard line in the first half. The fumble recovered on the six-yard line. And then four field goals they held, held that offense to. And that's impressive, man. we got to give them credit. Phil Parker, that defensive coordinator, I, think, I believe he just got assistant coach of the year, right? Yeah, he did. Someone's got to hire him. If yeah, not, if hire him as an offensive coordinator too. Why not? If you're USC and you don't drive up to his house with a dump truck full of cash, you, you dumb. You did something wrong. You imagine you're not trying that USC that USC Ooh. offense. I know his offense that Lincoln Riley runs at USC doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. help out the defense, so it probably wouldn't just be yeah. tra- trading, you know, even chips. But man, I'd still give the man a call for damn sure. Yeah, he's going to be the three million dollar defensive coordinator now. Heads out. I mean, there. That, that Iowa defense, man, they dealt with three turnovers. Not only that, they had three turnovers on downs too. So you're talking about six turnover type plays. And they still held Michigan to 26 points. Like, that defense is legit. They've been legit all year. They <laughs> Sucks that they got goose-egged every time they played a good team from the East. <laughs> <laughs> That's bound to happen, man. That's the way the division's set up, man. It is. Jamie, you got anything on, the, on this game before we move on to a real game? Man, I, I'm just disappointed. It's kind of like Beav was saying earlier with, the uh, you know, this was the year to move. Uh, more than four teams into the the playoffs. This was the year for the Big Ten to have the two best teams play each other. We all wanted to see Michigan, Ohio State again, and and we were stuck mm-hmm. with East versus West, and and so that was kind of disappointing. One of my fun little things I found about this game is that there was this bar over in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, who was running a promo that it was free beer until Iowa scored. So rumor has it is you can still go get a beer there. Like, they haven't scored yet. We'll see you next season. Oh, man. Hey, you know, one person – I can think of one person didn't want to see that rematch. Ohio State, Michigan. McCord. He's out the door, brother. He's ready for another game at Ohio State, period. Yeah, I don't want to throw two more picks to that team. Damn, I got all kinds of grief. That's funny. That's funny. funny. All right, let's talk about a real game here. We're going to talk about Oregon versus Washington. I mean, Huskies. Pluck the number eight Ducks. Winning this one 34-31. This was a game, son. Game. Like, I don't know what to talk about it. Washington didn't have control. Oregon bounced back. They made it interesting at the end, scoring really fast there at the end. Jamie was there, so we're going to let Jamie take the lead on this one. Yeah, man. Uh, well, Duck was on the menu early and often, man. They were destroying the Ducks. They came out hot. They came out with that chip on their shoulder that the Ducks should have had because they're the ones who lost early in the season. But the Ducks just came out not doing their thing. They went down 20-3. to three. They, they built a, yeah, a deficit that was a little bit too much for them to climb because – UW looked good, and if there was any thoughts on Michael Penix being injured, he's not. He's not anymore because he was having a downtime. But I watched some some runs that he did. Not scared to get mm-hmm. hit. He looked healthy. He was playing like the Heisman hopeful he was at the earlier part in the season. He looked good, and you know they won. That's about all I got to say on that. Is that the Ducks tried to come back? Their defense couldn't get that last stop. UW won. They beat us twice this year. They're the better team, and you can't say anything about that other than, hey, go Huskies, way to get the W. It hurts to say it, but good job. That was a good game, though. Damn good game. Especially the way Oregon bounced back. But go ahead, Beef. I got to reiterate the physicality of that UW defense, man. Uh, We talked about it earlier, but 
I was blown away by it. I really was not expecting that. I wasn't expecting that the first time around. When uh, there was like a third and one where Bo Nix didn't convert, the Ducks didn't convert, but they threw it on fourth and one, and man, Bo Nix took a shot. And I was like, that changed the game right there. That is where in the back of your mind, you're like, I'm going to get jacked every time I get the chance. Whenever I throw it, someone's going to hit me in my teeth. And that, that speaks to you in the back of your mind, whether you like it or not. And then you got to come up with something to get that out of your mind. Bo Nix did that a little later on, 64-yard touchdown that we talked about, and got that mentality back where I can win this game, I can take over. But they hit him, and they made him think twice before he was throwing the ball again. Yeah, to me, this is a game of quarters, man. Like Jamie said, they came out the gates hot. Washington jumped out to that 23 lead. And then second quarter, going into the third quarter, the Ducks scored 21 unanswered. And it looks like they're about to take control of this game. And it looks like it's theirs. It's like, this Mm -hmm. shit. Fuck the Huskies. We're the Ducks. We took control of this shit. They jumped on us, but we're here. But then they give up 14 unanswered mm-hmm. and have to climb back in it. They had that crazy 63-yard touchdown. But, man, anytime you give Penix the ball and you need to get a stop for your team to win, <laughs> that's a dangerous that's game tough. to play. Yeah, you don't want to play that game. Not you at know, all, man. Lou Holtz always said the most important points of the game are the five minutes to start the game, the five minutes at the end of the half, five minutes to start the half, and the five minutes at the very end of the game. And they both had control over those dynamics at different times. Both teams did. Exactly. And when the Ducks started taking over, they had those seven points right before half, and then they turned it around after halftime, had another seven points. And, man, the momentum swung big, but it went right back. The Phoenix brought that momentum right back to himself. Hey. He's a hard man. Yes, he is. That's a hard penis right there. <laughs> it's a hard penis to swallow, and the Oregon had to swallow it twice. Oh, man. Yeah. Texas can take those longhorns, though. Everything's big in Texas. We got a, we got another comment here. What's going on, Troy? How we doing, man? What's up, Troy? All right, man, let's move on. We're going to go to a little SEC action. This was another banger, another good game. We're going to talk about Georgia versus Bama. Man, oh, man, Bama. Rolls and ruins the 29-game winning streak and the 3 P of the dogs ended it. Man, that was a great, great game. Bama pretty much had control of this game throughout, but Georgia snuck around and stayed in there. Kind of like the Ducks. They tried to make it a little interesting in the end. Same same story, but this time it was Milrow instead of Penix, and they couldn't get Bama off the field, and by goes the clock. What y'all got on this one? Hey. The streak ended just how it began, man. A loss to Bama. It was it was amazing. Uh, I, I just don't think Georgia had enough of those moments where they got hit in the mouth. They didn't have to overcome a lot. So this was a tough pill for them to swallow. They hadn't had the adversity that they needed to have throughout the season by a good team over the momentum and then going to get it back. They did, they did well without having that history. But I think that's a, that's what hurt them in the end. They needed some stronger schedule, some tougher teams on that schedule at least. You know, Troy, he's he's doing some of the editing, man, over on the college football dogs. He's out he's out there doing work. He's talking about our man Kenny, how he's hard to listen to. He ain't wrong. <laughs> and a little duck <laughs> love Kenny on here duck in the house. He is a duck. He is a duck, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> to me, man, this game. Yeah. Is is Nick Saban, man? Like the dude is eleven and one in SEC title games, nine and one for Bama. He's the fucking goat for a reason. Anytime you play him, anytime 
you know he's coaching a team. Like, I feel bad for Michigan because you're giving this guy mm-hmm. how many days to get ready? Even if Michigan is a better team, I'm not saying they are, but if they are, whoo, man. Oh, man. But the goat's got a little baby goat. Milrow, 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 man. He's coming on strong. He didn't start off the season like that, and that's the difference. That Bama oh, man, rising tide. Ooh, he's going to be leading the quarterbacks going into the 2024 season. Unlike other blue blood programs who lost a couple quarterbacks transferring out. He had 192 yards and two touchdowns with everything on the line, the league on the line, playoffs on the line. He did it when it counted, man. And yeah, it wasn't huge stats, but he didn't have any turnovers, did he? Another great thing, like everybody talks about Milrow, but like the coaching he had to do for his coaches. Like I didn't believe in the offense coordinator there. I didn't believe in the coaching staff that he brought in. And boy... Did he show up and get the that coaching staff ready? We got another question for uh, Jamie here, man. Where you at, Jamie? Where are you from in Oregon? I know hey. you're not there now. Hey, where I'm from? I'm I'm about 40 minutes outside of Eugene is where I grew up. Right now, though, I'm up here near uh, Seattle Tacoma area, so I'm I'm out here in Huskies country. I'm having to fight the fight, but uh, yeah, definitely grew up with roots uh, close to Eugene down there in Oregon. Right on, but yeah, man. That, great that place, Georgia, to be. Alabama. That that was a that was a game to watch, man. It was it was close throughout. I was excited to watch it, man. It, it I did feel like I was watching a little deja vu at the end, like you talked about, AJ. All you needed was that stop. You scored. Let me get that stop. They couldn't get it done, man. They it it hurt to watch for Georgia too, you know, just seeing that again. Uh, but that one turnover seemed to make the difference in the game. Uh, they had that fumble. It was the only turnover of the game Georgia had, and and Alabama kicked a field goal off of it, and that was the difference in points there. So, what that about that game. completion incompletion? What'd you think about that? It definitely looked like an incompletion to me, but I mean, like, you're gonna get those I mean, calls in games, man. Like it's gonna happen. It's sure. part of football. It yeah. sucks. It looked like an incompletion. Oh come on, man. Let's make let's make this more dramatic. You're right. Fucking the dogs got screwed, man. The guys screwed out. <laughs> Fucking the dogs, they should game. be in the championship game, be man. They should be in the playoffs. Team. They should be in the playoffs. They should be the number one team. We should be having Michigan versus Washington. And then I don't – then maybe if you have that happen, Florida State's actually in the playoff like they should have been. And Florida's in. Even though I understand why they chose Bama. But, yeah, that, yeah. that changed a lot of stuff throughout college football. It wasn't just a big play to end Georgia's. You're talking about Florida State's impact when it comes to that bad call. Like, there's a lot of dominoes and a lot of shit that happened over a bad call from the refs. Like, you're talking about millions of dollars that Florida State Wait. doesn't get, millions of dollars ESPN does get. It's it's it was crazy. All bad? right, so Georgia wins. Let, yeah, that's a lot better. Georgia wins. Does Texas <laughs> make it? Does Texas get the four spot over Florida State? I think it's harder to make that argument without because the argument was does Alabama get it? get in Alabama's better than Texas in people's eyes. And so, but we got to put Texas in because I feel like that was the difference is, is Texas and Alabama. They were, they were trying to make sure Texas got in because they beat Alabama, but Florida state, Texas, that becomes a different argument there. I I still think competition wise, if they're going to roll with it, like they did, Texas is the better team than Florida state competition. Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, well, with the quarterback well, you know, being out, with Travis being out. And now he's in Eugene. So he's down there in Eugene now, but from Ollie originally. I don't know where Ollie is. I'm sure you do when he says that. He says Olympia. That doesn't really help me out. Any. <laughs> Olympia. <laughs> we we switched places. That's close to me now. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we switched places. Oh, dang. Y'all, did y'all Have you ever heard of Olympic? 
What happened there? Did y'all you buy a <laughs> Yeah. You haven't heard of Olympic National Park? Come on, AJ. Come on. You know, you know, I'm a little dumb. Y'all, you got to bear with me, you know. I'm a little slow. Oh, you got to get you know, out we'll there. We'll talk about it. what it means, though, when when Alabama – oh, I guess that, that, that makes sense. Thanks, Troy. He, he's definitely he's definitely uh, hosing it on me. My Just bad. play that fucking video. Let's go. Let's play go. that video. Let's go. Let's see it. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's see, Let's see right, how Michigan responds to it. Come so, on, AJ. When you know the goats across the sideline, when you see that A and you see that crimson and cream, you know shit's about what to goes get through your head. Here's how Michigan – Reacted, they scared. Boy, it took a little while to start clapping, didn't it? They was nervous. I heard that. I haven't got to laugh at Michigan like that in a while. (laughs) Boy, they got nervous real quick. They started clapping. It took them a little while, but damn. They were clapping just to savor the moment. They were clapping just to make up for it. They they knew they were on camera. They had that delayed reaction. They were like, "Oh shoot, we yep. got to kind of try to be excited about oh, this. Yep. Don't get don't give Alabama fuel. Don't let them know we're hurry scared. up and yeah, let's hurry go. up and clap. Come on, come on. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, it was a coach in the background he too. Had them pumped and ready. He would have had them ready for that. that. He would have had the game day film, knowing that game yep. day was going to have that. He would have spied on ESPN before the the thing got out, so they could have been cheering and been ready for that shocker. AJ, the word is Connor Stallions was the first one to clap. He was in that room. <laughs> he he got everyone. Out. He's like, slow clap. Let's get it going. All right. We're going to move on to one of these. One more game here. The last championship game is of the Power Five. This one was a hard watch. It would be a good game score-wise. Let's talk about Louisville <laughs> and Florida State. This looked like a Big Ten West conference championship game i'm glad that doesn't exist but if it did it would look like this what do you guys got on this game the defense is all you can say really about florida state i mean they held the offense was what you'd expect out of a third string quarterback there wasn't much going on jamie you got anything on this acc Uh, game obviously and seminoles win it 16-6 really low scoring game they tried to out compete iowa for uh, you know the under you know, seeing the results of the, the college football playoff committee, it, it, this kind of seemed like the game that didn't even matter. Uh, the only chance Florida State had was flat out destroying Louisville to make it. So it's a little disappointing. Mm-hmm. Like this game, it was disappointing. It was pretty low score, scoring, low offense. Not, not a lot of fun to watch when both these two teams are capable of it. But you saw how powerful Florida State's defense, that was something to be seen. That's the only thing that kept them in the conversation was the way that defensive that defense played. Their backup quarterback needed a game uh, like we've seen in the past with Ohio State, and uh, he absolutely did not have that. He had 55 yards passing. So, you know, it, it kind of yeah. really shut the door on that. It just wasn't – it was the game that meant nothing. Yeah, yeah. like I think Louisville – I thought Louisville was just going to save the college football playoff committee when they tackled the punter. And look like they were going <laughs> to maybe take the lead and put the Seminoles down. But then they throw a pick, give the ball right back. It was an interesting game to watch. 
a boring, interesting game to watch. But I did watch Iowa uh, against Northwestern at Wrigley. So, you know, I guess maybe I like these yawners, uh, if you will. <laughs> but, I mean, God, Louisville, I, I got to give them the, some love. They had a great season. No one predicted them to be here. They were, what, predicted to finish like third to last in the ACC. And here they are playing in the ACC championship game. Not a whole lot here. The The biggest – uh, take out of this is Florida State gets to play Georgia in a bowl game, so they get to see really what they're made of anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if they get bounced uh, in that bowl game, we'll know that they didn't belong. Yeah, uh, true. all right, let's move on to one more power five game, uh, the Big 12 championship. I forgot that, my apologies. Uh, but yeah, man, number three Texas took down Oklahoma State. This was kind of a burner of a game. Look at your Michigan type Iowa game here blow out a little bit more dramatic fashion this time they blew them out quick they scored 21 points in the first quarter that's all Oklahoma State would score in this entire game this was an eight second ride except for this time the bowl won and the cowboy did not get up what you got Jamie <laughs> yeah no this is kind of the same as the the big 10 is is you're playing the wrong team here Oklahoma is who, who it should be but I, I get it. They they won. They beat Oklahoma State, beat Oklahoma earlier in the season, beat them 27-24. Next week, this is how up and down season Oklahoma State had. They lose 45-3 to to UCF. Like, th- that's the team that Texas played. They played the 45-3 to team. They didn't play the team that beat Oklahoma. And so it was just <sighs> – it was over before it started. It was, that was a tough game to watch. Um, Texas proved why they get to be in the playoffs. They proved to be a, a good, you know, a good matchup for UW. It's going to be a good game. But that's about all I got out of that one. Well, yeah. and Ewers had some had some down games when he first came back from injury. But holy shit, is he back now? 100, 452 yeah. yards, four touchdowns, all of them in the first half. He did have the one pick, but damn, son. Them Cowboys were trying to pull some broke back mountain, not playing, showing up, showing some pansy football. And Ewers wasn't having it. 35 points in the first half for Texas. I mean, they took their their cowboy boot off the neck of those Cowboys. I mean, they were stomping on them. And, and mm-hmm. the second half was, what did they score, 14 points? One of the biggest takeaways, really, for me in this game, though, Xavier Worthy going out. I don't know. It looked like a high ankle sprain, maybe, but that's gonna be big come playoffs. Hopefully, he's back for that because he's he's a stud. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Troy wants to know: Is are the Cougs getting some love in Washington? You know, we always love some Cougs. Cougs get yeah, love I think he's day. he's pointing out the little graphic there how they get a little sliver there in the state of Washington, and uh, that's about <laughs> right. I mean, we we both lived in Washington. They get a sliver, even though the east side takes up much more of the state than the west side does. But there's a lot more. UW presence out here. He's talking about OSU, the the third OSU. They got that little, wow. they got that little sliver over there. They got that that Ooh. tiny little sliver. I, I can't see that on my screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need Connor Stallions to go get that deep. That's in there. Like, yeah. I gotta get up in there. Oh man! But you know what? Let's move on, y'all. Let's uh, let's let's pay some more bills. Let's get another commercial wound up here, and then we'll come back. We'll trim some landscape. We'll talk about some football with y'all. Uh, the transfer reporter is open for business. 
Sound the alarms. Something monstrously merry is coming to town. Introducing Bones Coffee's newest batch. Inspired by the giddy ghouls of Disney Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Nice work, Bones Caddy. Rich premium coffee infused with frighteningly festive flavors. The Pumpkin King. Santa Jack. Frog's Breath. Rough Weather. And Mudslide Boogie. Can't make decisions by yourself? Order them all. Bones also makes a perfectly marvelous gift for everyone on your nice list. And your naughty list. <laughs> Click the link to get these hauntingly holly jolly flavors delivered right to your door. And it's not just for holidays. Bones has coffee concoctions for all 365 days of the year. Bones Coffee and Disney Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's terrifyingly tasty. This year, Bones Coffee will be yours! Apparently that Bones Coffee is ours. Man, <laughs> I have to try this Bones Coffee. Makes it look tasty. Got me excited. Got me I excited. just did. <laughs> How was it? How was it, B? It's awesome every time. I always order it now. <laughs> Can't go wrong. But anyways, boys, let's trim the landscape. We're going to talk about the landscape of college football. We're going to talk about the transfer transfer portal you got almost 1200 players in the transfer portal 400 more from last year this is college football now if there's a lot of buckeye fans like oh my god what's happening in columbus oh my god what's happening in oklahoma this is college football now unfortunately this is what it is or fortunately i think it goes both ways i think it was originally designed to kind of have parity kind of even out through college football but the problem is is if you guys have a stud like Jaden daniels uh, who played at Arizona State. Thanks for the reminder, Jamie, because I kind of forgot about that. Appreciate the love that you gave me earlier. But, yeah, man, like he moves to LSU. So you're going to have players like that who go from smaller programs to Blue Bloods, and then you're going to have Blue Bloods who lose depth and kind of go out to smaller programs. I'm a fan of the transfer portal. It makes college football more exciting. It's just like recruiting. Uh, another aspect out of it, you know NIL plays a deal here because these guys are looking for some bags. Like you could have a starter at a pro program like Oklahoma – and go on out to Oregon and get paid. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's chaos. Makes good talking points. Jamie, talk to me about these portal boys. Hey, let, let's dive right into this, man. The, the transfer portal is wide open. You talk about good and bad. Transfer portal is pro-athlete. These coaches can come and go as much as they want. Let's let the athletes do the same, all right? Let's get the right program for them. They don't need to be sitting behind another five-star. Sometimes they can go be the, the face of another team, all right? So we're looking at the Big Ten right here, and a lot, almost all the big teams in the Big Ten are looking for quarterbacks. you got Ohio State now, Michigan, Oregon, Washington, USC, uh, even UCLA, all these teams, Michigan State, looking for new quarterbacks. So I got a list of quarterbacks here that are in it. And there's some huge names, guys that you don't expect. You got Cam Ward. There's our Washington State plug right there for you. He balled <laughs> out for Washington State. Not only did they lose their conference, they lost their quarterback. And they lost it. They're losing their top receiver in the transfer portal. He is an Ohio State favorite right now. That's, that's where they're looking since they got their boy Kyle McCord put his name in the transfer portal like we talked about. So – you can kind of expect Ohio State to be getting the top name off the list. And Cam Ward seems to be one of the most experienced 
with some of the he's got one of the best arms in college football he, he's a hell of a quarterback he's one that i kind of hope the ducks would go after you go ahead and look up you got dylan gabriel when i talk about ducks going after that's who they're going after hard right now he's got a visit set up oklahoma's gonna lose their second uh big name quarterback you know via the transfer portal uh He's battling between USC and Oregon are battling for him. It's said that Oregon to be the favorite there. He is a baller. He, this would be his third team. That'd be a good one there. We talked about Kyle McCord. Uh, I've heard pretty much anywhere but the Big Ten. He doesn't want to face Ohio State on a regular basis. That's what that's what I've heard. You got DJU out of Oregon State. We saw him five star stud coming into Clemson. Ended up making the move over to Oregon State. Had a pretty productive season. Uh, helped them. I thought that was a good move for him, but they lost their coach. They lost their conference. It's time to make a move. I heard he's looking at the ACC right now. He kind of had Louisville, Florida State, and then possibly even Mississippi State looking at him. I hear that uh, Louisville's off the table now. Tyler Shaw out of Texas Tech has, has taken uh, taken a scholarship there to to transfer over to uh, to Louisville. So that's a big pickup for them. He was a guy that originally at Oregon, Texas Tech, balled out, got injured. Now we'll see what he can do over at Louisville. We got some young guns in the portal. You got Dante Moore out of UCLA. He was one of the top quarterbacks last year. Stud. Not really what a lot of these teams like Ohio State, Oregon, Washington, we need immediate needs. He's going to be a guy that any team would take, but he needs to kind of sit behind a little bit learn inside of a program. He tried to go right out the gates at UCLA. Didn't work out for him. He had a mediocre season, but to be expected out of a true freshman. You also got Aiden Childs, Oregon State, their second quarterback uh, to leave Oregon State via transfer portal. He's expected to follow his coach over to Michigan State. He was a big-time pickup for Oregon State. He sat behind DJU this this year, learned a lot, supposed to be a freaking stud out of the state of California. So expect him to follow his coach to Michigan State and, and do some beautiful things there and grow in that program. So you're going to have some growing pains going forward. Some other QBs to note, you got Will Howard out of Kansas State. You got Riley Leonard out of Duke. Uh, he's a Notre Dame prediction. You got Will Rogers out of Mich- uh, Mississippi State. He's a UW prediction. That would be a big-time pickup for them. He's thrown for over 12,000 yards uh, over at Mississippi State, one of the SEC leaders uh, in, in passing. And then you got Tyler Van Dyke out of Miami. Not really sure where he's going. Not really sure what the market is. He was a, a big name going forward uh, at the start of the season. Kind of really trailed off at Miami. But the top non-QB name on the on the transfer portal, you got Walter Nolan, a defensive lineman out of Texas A&M. He was a number one recruit in the uh, 22 class. He's a freaking stud. He can play anywhere on the defensive line. He's 6'4", 290 pounds. People are leaving Texas A&M. He's one of the prime examples. Every team's going to be calling his name. And, and so he he doesn't have that down yet, but every team is calling him. He's going to be a game changer. Any team wants him. That's kind of my roundup of what's happened in the transfer portal. Some of the big names. There are so many names. There's top wide receivers everywhere, top quarterbacks. It's pretty interesting to see. But as an example of the Heisman uh, finalists right now, three of the, all three of those quarterbacks transfer portal. That's where they came from. They didn't start at their colleges. So that's an example. 
for every example you have of those, you got a, a lot of flamed out talent out there. So I hope they're looking at both sides of that. Yeah, it's definitely yeah there's, some, there's some game changers out there that can be in the portal. I mean, you're talking about program changing quarterbacks like Ohio State needs a quarterback. Like you put a quarterback on that offense and that defense, watch out. Um, I mean, there's so many, you got so many quarterbacks are going to the draft. Like where does USC go after Caleb Williams? You know, they're going to be dabbling in this draft. Go ahead, B. There's already word that Dante Moore is going to head back to Michigan where he grew up and he wanted to go to Michigan. It kind of seemed like for a while, but he wanted to go and play. He got his chance to play. Now it's back to the hometown. And, uh, that's making a lot of people believe that Harbaugh is coming back, not heading off to the NFL after this year. And yeah, that's what McCord- happens. Like, imagine if you're a Texas school, or if you're a Florida school, or a California school, because a lot of these guys will venture outside of home and then they come back. You know, they can mm-hmm. load up and take advantage of the portal for sure. But let's move on, guys. Let's Absolutely. talk about some of this Big Ten roundup. We're not going to get too crazy with the Big Ten roundup. We're just going to kind of announce what bowls are going to get in. We're not going to break down these games. We'll get a couple of reactions to some of these bowl games. But, anyways, let's go, man. Utah versus Northwestern on 23 December. Las Vegas, Nevada. That's a, that should be an okay game. Kind of interesting. I think Utah is the favorite here. You would think so, and it's right in their back door almost. We got. Let's Bowling go with Green. Bowling. I'll go ahead. Let's go with Bowling Green versus Minnesota up in Detroit. Um, the twenty sixth of December. Not really looking at a game that uh, is interesting to me at all. To be honest with you. Callie Lickamianis, the quarterback for Minnesota, is already gone. He hit the transfer portal. <laughs> what you got on these next two, Jamie? On these next two? I, I'm sorry, man. I don't have that list here in front of me, so I'm going to have to rely you. on you guys to, to get it going. Yeah, we got Boise State versus UCLA. This is an early bowl game on 16 December in Los Angeles. Uh, the Brands Bowl? I'm not sure what that is, but it's in La- Los Angeles, man. Uh, next, you got... Louisville versus South Carolina and the direct TV bowl. And that is in San Diego. Which USC is that? Oh, it's SC. My bad. My bad. (laughs) SC. I apologize. Don't send a bomb to the house, please. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next up, we'll go with Rutgers at, I should say at Florida. No, it's not. It's actually Miami, Florida coming to the pinstripe bowl in December. That should be interesting. Woo! Yeah, Flying up to New York Miami. on the 28th of December. And you think any Cans, wow. Canes fans show up? They don't even show up to their own stadium. They're not coming to New York, right? No. There's going to be like the three or four that live in New York. Yeah, they'll be there. You, you got the next few for me, Beef? Let's do it. Uh, this one is going to be interesting. There's a reason to watch this game, if not for just being the number nine versus number seven team in the nation. Missouri versus Ohio State. Ohio State fans are going to be excited. Big Ten fans will probably be tuning into this game because you're going to get to see the backup quarterbacks for Ohio State play. Lincoln Kineholtz out of South Dakota or Devin Brown. Highly rated quarterbacks, more mobile quarterbacks, so you'll see a little bit of something different out of Ohio State for this game. Next game, you got number 11, Ole Miss versus Penn State. That's December 30th in Atlanta. We don't have Penn State's ranking on here, but I believe they're 10th. And uh, that should be a big game, too. It should uh, be a big game. I, Ole Miss is like Penn State of the SEC. So this is like Penn State versus Penn State, if you're not familiar with yeah. Ole Miss here. In big perennial Ten. number three in the SEC West versus perennial number three in the Big Ten East, right? Exactly. This I is like uh, nice a head-to-head matchup. You got a good defense versus a solid offense. This one should be kind of fun. I'm ready for that game. 
Um, you got Auburn. Ole Miss has got a surprisingly good defense too. They do. They do. You got Auburn versus Maryland, 30 December, Music City Bowl in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And then Wisconsin, Woo, they got a hard draw. Wisconsin gets number 13 LSU in Tampa, Florida, in the Quest Bowl. So do Daniels and neighbors play in that? Or do they well, sit that out? I think they're going to sit it out, but who knows, man? Who knows? I would, man, say I would no. love to see that again. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think they will. But then the most interesting bowl game of the year, number 17, Iowa versus Tennessee. So what's interesting about that really to me is that Tennessee became a running team and Iowa will stuff that run. So it should be like zero to zero to halftime. <laughs> I can see it. Well, and next then, up. Go ahead. Yeah, we got we got 23, number 23, Liberty versus number eight, my guys, Oregon over in Glendale, Arizona for the Fiesta Bowl. <sighs> that was a tough draw. Um, I've talked to AJ offline on this. This is <laughs> it's not the team any uh anybody was looking to match up against. I'm not trying to disrespect Liberty, but there's so many other teams that we would have liked, would have loved to go against Georgia, Florida State, Ohio State, Missouri, I any of them, honestly. Heck, I would love to see freaking <laughs> LSU and Oregon play. Let's see some Heisman hopefuls play against each other. Like that would be fun. Liberty, Bo Nix is gonna be playing in it. Uh, I heard their coach wasn't that excited about him playing in it, but uh, yeah. So we'll we'll see. I don't want to get overhyped on it. Come on, Liberty Biberty, Liberty Biberty. That's the Liberty Biberty Bowl. Man, <laughs> good luck. They should sponsor that. for the Ducks, yeah. man, and it sucks because yeah. if you win by a lot, you're supposed to. If you play a close game, you're going to get made fun of. If you lose, oh, ouch. And, and they're not. It's like wrestling. It's like wrestling your sister. Yeah. She beats yeah. you. No Damn it, I just lost to my sister. You win, There's you no. should. Yeah, no win situation. Nothing to look forward to other than getting to see Bo Nix play one more college game. And it sucks because yeah. Oregon is so freaking good this year. And then the bowl draw is freaking Oregon. Like, why couldn't yeah. Florida but State you... get this game? <laughs> good hope. Florida I mean... State needs to play Georgia. They, they need some humble pie. They don't want them to claim they, a national championship. That would be good they if can they be lost this, against short, yeah. They could be the second team in Florida to claim a national title without actually getting one. Recently. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Troy but you know, you know. They're not bitching like the Huskies are. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know Liberty's going to come to play, though. They're going to bring their A game because this is their Super Bowl, man. They're going to be ready to go. So the Ducks better be ready, too. And Dan Lanning will have them yep. ready no matter what. They'll be ready. They will be ready. Let's let's get this show ended. Let's get to this last segment here. We're going to talk about the Big Ten backers, quickies. And with the quickies, we're going to talk about these non-Power 5 games. Boise shocked UNLV 44-20, taking home the Mountain West Trophy. And then Liberty wins the conference championship game against New Mexico State, 49-35. They can beat Auburn, can't beat Liberty. (laughs) You want me to get the next one, Beef? Keep them. Keep them going. Roll with them. You got these. I don't don't like quickies. I like to last the whole time. Troy Trojan, the Mountaineers of Appalachian State, 49-23, taking home 
the Sun Belt Crown. Shout out to the hey, Sun Belt speak, Speaking of Troy and speaking of transfer portals, man, Tez Johnson for Oregon coming from Troy lit it up, man. He has a second yeah. level. He has some juice, man. Uh, he's great. He's fantastic. He ended up being quite the hell of a uh, one-two punch with Troy Franklin, man. And, and everybody thinks he'll be back again next year. Great. I, I want to see more of him. He really exploded towards the end of the season. Yeah, we had another upset. The MAC champs, Miami of Ohio, <laughs> swallows the Rockets of Toledo. 23-14. I definitely chose the Rockets. Didn't see that one coming. The oh, Latin. I chose the Rockets. That quarterback from the Rockets entered the transfer portal. He's actually oh, an underrated guy. Wait to see. Finn's he coming. Does. He's going somewhere, man. He's out. He's out of Toledo. He's about to land at some big program. He's got wheels. He's a good player. Last but not least, SMU Mustangs ride the green wave of Tulane all the way to the AAC crown, winning this one 26-14. Tulane was looking to do a repeat of the New York Six and play those Ducks, but they lost. And now Liberty gets to play the Ducks. Liberty Bibberty. It's going to be great. Liberty Bibberty. We're going to play one last commercial, and we're going to end the show with the commercial. Appreciate you, Big Ten backers. Jamie, appreciate you. B, appreciate you. B, get us on out of here before I play this commercial. Thank you, Big Ten backers. Follow us on all our social medias. Share this shit out of this, man. God bless. Have a good night. Icy Breeze is the world's first portable air conditioner and cooler. A premium ice cooler that doubles as an eco-friendly, portable air conditioner. This is not a swamp cooler just blowing air across ice. Over 60 parts and components allow Icy Breeze to achieve what no other product in the world can do. The secret behind the Icy Breeze is an innovative design that circulates chilled ice water through a heat exchanger in the lid, replacing the Freon used in most ACs. Fresh air is drawn from hidden vents in the top of the cooler, pulled across the exchanger, and chilled down to 35 degrees cooler than the outside air. A three-speed fan control delivers Icy Breeze's dry, cold air up to 25 miles per hour, just like a car AC. And a stay-put flex hose directs the breeze in any direction. Wherever you need it, Icy Breeze helps you beat the heat.